Hello, my friends. How are you doing today? I'm sure you're all doing lovely. <laughs> um, I hope you, uh, we, we just did a video yesterday. I think you really, a lot of people will really enjoy. If you've come from religion, it was a lot to do with like, uh, we don't, there's no burning in hell or it's based on the whole, on the hell principle of the Bible and how actually scripture doesn't even really teach it. So it's a really cool video. And I think it would help a lot of people with um, some anxieties and such, which kind of leads us into uh, this uh, video that we're doing today about alleviating anxieties and re removing the Gehenna from our life. Um, part of the way we're going to express that today is through, um, I did, I did my personal testimony, um, two days ago. I believe it was in that video, was it not? Um, uh, it was two videos ago. Two videos ago. You can go down and check it out. Um, you can see my little journey, <laughs> but today, um, to express this topic. We're going to go into Sharon's testimony and then we're going to discuss some scripture that can kind of um, show us how almost like a lack of effort that can, that something can be produced in us that we express love and burn away the anxieties and fears in our lives. So uh, Sharon, we're, I'm very interested. I don't I haven't even really heard the full testimonial thing from you. So I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, how about it? Okay, thank you, Steve. I'm going to try to make this as short as possible, but, you know, my, my heart is full when I think about where I've come from to where I am today. It's such a huge contrast. So let me begin in, I guess, um, the best place for me to begin is what led me to search for God in the first place. Uh, I was, um, I'm from Jamaica originally and had moved to New York. I was a single mom uh, in 1991. I had two daughters, no support, uh, child support or government support. So I was doing it all alone. And you can imagine from that, I had a lot of struggles, you know, evictions, uh, just very uh, taxing, trying, stressful situations in my life. Then uh, living in New York, you know, moving from one apartment to the next for lack of money and all of that, I was somehow in 1991 able to acquire a one-bedroom condominium for me and my two daughters. And at that time, I felt like I won the lottery. I mean, I could have won millions of dollars and it would not have made me happier. I was so happy and felt so grateful, but I didn't know who to show gratitude to. So I thought it must be God that has helped me to come to this place where I have this one bedroom apartment for my, or condominium it was, um, for me and my children so I don't have to be struggling and moving as much as we had in the past. So I made a commitment. The day I moved into that condominium, I made a commitment to, to find the God who helped me to get here 
and to serve him, to thank him. I literally wanted to hug God and say thank you because I felt so much gratitude. Um, but what happened after that was I, I didn't know where to turn. I had all these lovely feelings, but didn't know where to place them. You know, I was raised in a Catholic church, but that, as I grew older, that didn't appeal to me. And I, I didn't know where to turn, but I had that desire. Anyway, shortly thereafter, I met the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And... Over the next three months, I, um, you know, they taught me their uh, missionary lessons, and um, I struggled in the beginning, but I prayed like I never prayed before throughout that three-month period. And I won't get into the details in this video, but uh, a miracle of sorts brought me to the knowledge, or at that time, that this is what I needed to do. That I that this making the decision to join this church was what I needed to do. And so I did. And I felt very confident and comfortable that I found the place where I could be, where I would find the God that I wanted to hug and say thank you to. But what happened after that, and by the way, I spent 21 years as a as a stalwart member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But somewhere along that path, I lost the strong urge to find God and kind of settled into the routine of being a, a Latter-day Saint Christian. You know, and um, the zeal for God subsists Subdued, sub, was subdued somewhat and turned into more of a just accepting what the teachings of this religion presented. And I did that until uh, after 21 years, I was offered the opportunity to become a Sunday school teacher. And when I when I was asked to do that, I didn't feel qualified because I didn't really know the scriptures very well. So I committed to studying the scriptures and coming to know the, the renewal of this original desire that I had came back up in me. And I, again, felt that I wanted to know God well enough that I could really teach it was 15-year-olds at the time, what God is or who God is. So I took two years off from life, more or less. I cut out um, entertainment, television, radio, media of all kinds and devoted myself to studying the Bible, the Book of Mormon, all the books of the LDS Church, including the King James Version of the Bible. And after two years of doing that, surprisingly, I separated myself from the church. But not just from the church, I separated myself from religious organizations in general. Because what happened over that two years, it surprised me, but I started to open up to a brand new understanding of life. 
And there, I wrote some words down that uh, that resulted from this new experience I was having. Um, but before I use those words, let me just tell you one of the biggest issues that I had when I was, you know, in the organized religion is the judgment that I felt of others. I would judge people as we talked about in our last videos, you know, I would decide who should or would be going to hell and who was worthy of going to heaven. And that was never a good feeling, but I didn't know how to overcome that, you know, while I was in Christianity. And one of the things I regretted the most over that period of time was how I treated my youngest daughter, who was rebellious. She wanted nothing to do with the church when she turned 13 years old. She decided this was not for her and did everything opposite to what, you know, we, we taught in church. And I gave her a very hard time for that. You know, I said things to her and thought about her um, in a way that made her uh, depressed. And I regret that. I was completely judgmental. I felt in my heart that she was going to go to hell, so to speak, in the Mormon church. They, it's not so much of hell, they call it a celestial kingdom, which is the lowest kingdom of heaven. And that's where I thought my daughter was going. And that judgment fell away in my two-year uh, you know, study. And then since from there to where I am now, and I'm wrapping it up by saying this, here's where I am now. I feel so much clarity about life this oneness the message of oneness that has um that that has come up in me the understanding that we are all literally one being um knowing that my daughter and i are one we are we, she's in me and i'm in her so as the bible puts it the freedom that i have the feeling of satisfaction and clarity and security, you know, this is basically my testimony um, that coming from a place of complete judgment to a place of you, you, you could say love and freedom is worth every bit of the 21 years that I spent um, in the LDS church. Um, so I don't know if you, I want to end here because I feel like I've been going on too long, but I think that is the core of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if we watch the one that I did, you'll see a lot of parallels there. One thing I didn't mention in mine was I had a stepdaughter who I did much the same to. I've, she doesn't talk to me to this day. So it's, uh, yeah, it was a judgment and all of those things like that um to me it came from anxieties and uh the testimony both of us mirrored was that this understanding of oneness of the oneness of all burns away those anxieties we don't i don't i, I don't have judgment for people anymore i have nothing but love and 
comfort and uh, compassion, if anything. Judgments turn to compassion, to uh, empathy, of being able to identify if someone is struggling in one area with me as that person as well, because I've been there. It's my part of, it's the mind of me as well. I'm that struggle. I'm all of those things. I've been there in mind regardless. Um, so identifying with people and having compassion for people uh, through this breaks a lot of the struggles. Um, I used to say things like, well, if this person wasn't in my life or if this person would change, then I would be all right. Or if this job or boss or whatever, then I wouldn't be like this. So the justification of the unloving uh, action was just a deflection of the pain and anxiety that I was going through because of the, the lack of remembrance of the oneness of what we are. And now that we, uh, now that I uh, have this knowledge, do I, I've just had some episodes in my life come up recently where I consistently had to remind myself of the oneness of all of us to kind of put the compass back, you know, it's, does the compass move over left and right? And yesterday's video, when we talked about damnation and, but we realized it was talking about Gehenna's that we're going through right now, really spoke to this here, where the oneness understanding keeps, you said uh, the, the verse keeps us on the narrow path. Did you have that verse? Were we going to talk about that verse? Or um, we can just, I, we can I just mention You can talk most about people, it. Yeah. Most people, even people that don't know the Bible know that one. That verse is very, Jesus said to stay on the narrow path. He said that a couple of times. And there's a couple of viewpoints of that, but almost everybody knows it, the narrow path. Right. And uh, we don't, I don't think we need to bring the verse up, but that narrow path, depending on how you look at it, it's hard to watch to say I'm on the narrow path without judging what is not the narrow path. <laughs> Everything outside that narrow path then means that they are on the wrong, being bad, doing the wrong thing. That If it's the wrong thing for me, then they are on the unnarrow path. And the consequences of that, depending on what your mind has not remembered, <laughs> can cause us a lot of anxiety, a terrible anxiety. So we're going to go into some scriptures now that can readjust the compass so that, I mean, if you feel like you're judging other people or have been judged by other people or um, if you have anxieties, you say things, we say things like, uh, oh, if that person makes me angry or uh, I'm afraid of that person or all of these things that can cause us to be not in peace and love and kindness and all of those things like that. We have some verses that can help us get that compass back to where we live in this all the, uh, consistently. And where were, where were we starting there, uh, Sharon? I think I'm going to start with Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Um, you know, yeah. I talked about judgment in, in my testimony a minute ago. 
and how that made me feel. I, I was not comfortable having to judge someone as going to hell. Um, and it says in Matthew 7, verse 1, judge not. It says it plainly, judge not that you be not judged. And I believe a lot of people understand that scripture. But the one I want to read now is um, the fruits, a scripture that talks about the fruits of the spirit. And, and by fruits, what would you, what would be a word that you would use to replace fruits? The product of having this knowledge of oneness. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, expound upon that. I'll expound upon that in the next verse that we're going to talk about. Okay. The now, uh, right. And, and tying that into staying on the straight and narrow path, the straight and narrow path, as this oneness um, has taught me, is the path of your own personal feeling of joy, love, peace, satisfaction, well-being. So I'm going to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, the fruits of the spirit, and in other words, the result of being on this oneness path is joy, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and, and that's, we, we have to explain that in another video, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, all these lovely feelings that I don't know of another way to get all these feelings of joy and peace and goodness and meekness outside of knowing that you and everyone else are one and the same. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so basically that is how I know I am on the straight and narrow path. How I know when I've gone off the straight path is when I start to feel any feeling of anger or resentment or stress yes. or anxiety. Yes. That's how I know I'm off the path. But as Steve says, we have a little navigator or compass within us called the oneness um, spirit, I guess. The spirit of Christ, that is the navigator. It takes us back when we've gone off course. It brings us back onto the path of peace and love and joy etc yeah 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 that that's 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 awesome that's beautiful and by the way i've i've read a lot quite a bit about every pretty much religion out there and uh i mean not to extents to a lot of people have but one thing i do know is the spirit of christ or the christ spirit is in all is threaded through all that i've ever read it's there it may not be speaking of Jesus exactly, but the Christ concept is threaded through almost all religion. So uh, it can, uh, the spirit of Christ is a wonderful thing. And yeah, and now I'll, I'll take that from another verse, um, Matthew 7, 15 to 20, where Jesus is talking about, because uh, people were wondering about false prophets or teachers or what have you. And, and uh and uh, you could even say, not even the prophet, when he talks about this, you could say thought process, actually. Because when, when the mind speaks from other consciousness, it creates thought processes. And that can come, you can be your own prophet in your own consciousness, right? So you, we can speak from that perspective of what we tell ourselves. 
not just from hearing what other people are saying. It's this teaching, wherever the teaching has come from. Beware of false prophets. <clears throat> it's funny, beware almost sounds like they're trying to scare you right off the bat. <laughs> it's not. It's not a fear mechanism. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Now, um, I'll say a little bit this. The ravenous wolves is disturbed. People like being disturbed. When we talk about anxiety and all of that, it's our disturbances within us. So uh, you will know them by their fruits. Now, what does fruits mean? This will kind of explain it as we go through. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Do we go grab our teaching when where it hurts? Where you know when we get it, when we put our hand in to grab a a, a grape. Do we put our hand right in the thorn bush so it scratches and then do we put do it back again? No, we don't. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. I like to look at these as thoughts because the thoughts come from the mind, from the other consciousness. So this is to explain fruits. It's in the Bible, the tree is most notably symbolized as knowledge or belief. Tree of good and evil, right? It's the believing in one or the other the belief in our, in our mind mm -hmm. um so uh, he said a good tree will only bear good fruit well what happens fruit is produced from a tree the the knowledge the the belief can't be go against what it's going to produce so if it produces anxiety your actions are going to be anxious your anxious actions are going to be anger your actions are going to be this. Now, if you're seeing these within yourself, and we know because it will, these things will remind us that we're not, we don't want to be like this. I don't know about you, but talking about my uh, um, testimony, I don't know how many times I woke up in the morning and said, okay, I don't want, I'm not going to be this like this today, only to be like that today. <laughs> <laughs> because my belief would not produce anything else. You yeah. said about judgment, you didn't want to judge people, but no. your belief could not allow you to do anything but. If we yeah. believe that people are going to go to some hell or are going to be judged by some other mind, then we're going to have actions that show that. We're going to be judgmental. We're going to be anger towards people because our, we're going to be afraid for them and have fear in our life. So if we're having fears anxiety these are fruits of bad trees so go back to our belief our yeah. belief there's something incorrect about our belief what jesus is saying here is the truth is what produces what we were created to be joyful loving grace all of the wonderful things that that are that make life beautiful for ourselves we were never we were we are not in our true mind anxious we were never we didn't create ourselves to be that 
be that way. See, that's so, true. Yeah. So these, this is a wonderful news because we can check our, we can say, well, why am I so fearful or why am I so anxious? We go back to the oneness message and I exalt you before we, we can take this too far. In fact, I'm going to segue this um, to, there's one thing Jesus also says is we can turn the other cheek and love our enemies and all of these things like that. We won't have we won't have to have vengeance on people. We won't have vengeance on people. We just won't do it. Now, does that make us a doorstop or, you know, some doormat. doormat to get, do we, do we just allow people to hurt us and all of those things? We're going to get into that in our next video, but uh, just a little hint. No, <laughs> but we'll get into that in our next video. But what we will do is live a life without all of these anxieties in the truth that we are all one i'm you you are me we are we everything and as our christ as our christ told us that we treat others as we treat ourselves why because they are us and we are them yes and this love is produced through this message well said you know i couldn't have put it better steve and you you mentioned the fruit that that comes from that tree and I know in, in, you know, when I was, before I came to understand this oneness, um, I used to think, I used to look at people's outward actions and consider their fruit in that way. For example, if someone was dressed nicely, you know, maybe a suit and tie, I would judge their fruit differently from someone who was dressed maybe like a homeless person or you know not not as well put together um if someone was uh charitable you know gave to charity i would consider that good fruit but the truth is fr the fruit that's referred to here as we understand it in the oneness message is the fruit of your own well-being how the fruit of your own um mental state how is that's the fruit that's yeah. what you use to judge the, the good fruit yeah okay. and that comes out in action as well and it will come out in action but because we are forgetful and sometimes we act in disobedience to the oneness you know we act contrary you know, it's not fair to judge someone purely on their action. You have to almost be empathetic mm -hmm. and, and come to know that person. First of all, come to know yourself, because when you come to know yourself, you're literally coming to know everyone else because you are everyone else. But that's a topic for another yeah, deeper I think discussion. another one will be we'll have to go into empathy, maybe the one after that. But right. empathy, empathy is... Uh, you, I feel great empathy now, compassion for others that may be struggling in whatever way my mind might come up to. And uh, no means, by no means do I feel greater than or better than or anything of that nature anymore. Occasionally it might slip in, of course, but I have a belief now, I, I love the idea of compass that can put me that I can remind myself and it will spend some time in meditation or whatever on that understanding 
and it just seems to melt away. So we do this for those that we feel empathy with and about if you're having anxiety problems, uh, panic, all of those things like that. This message, from what I've gathered and from what I've seen from those that have followed it, that to a person, it will, it does alleviate that. And tomorrow we're going to get into not being a doormat. Uh, how, uh, how sometimes loving the other consciousness in our life means not being part of their life and all of those things like that. So that'll be our message for tomorrow. Anyways, I think we better head out here. This has been all we, I think this is all we need to put forth today. Uh, Hit the subscribe and the bell. Let's get this message out to the world, uh, the, out there, to all the other consciousness. Uh, comment on the bottom if you're appreciating this message or not appreciating it or whatever you want in that way. But increasing this algorithm into our YouTube universe also increases it into the whole of the mind. So um, please, please feel free to hit that like and subscribe. Have a great day. So, Thanks. Lots of love to you.